will do I remember how I doubted day by day for I did not know for certain that my sin will wash all away when the Spirit tries to tell me I would not the truth they see
for his multitude of blessings. Amen. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ and Mother Johnson and her selection. Uh, it's real. It's real. Uh, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the announcements. We, I know that Deacon um, uh, is black. He jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, and uh, of course, when you're home, you can't do nothing wrong. All right. That's yeah, so what we're always told. And I, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the enthusiasm. Thank you, Jesus. It just kind of spills over. Yeah. If you understand, if you really understand what uttermost means, yeah. you would be glad too. And you would be just busting wide open about the uttermost for you personally. And you haven't gotten it yet, then you understand what the uttermost is coming for you. And uh, that's. Uh, that was spilling over from yesterday. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for those who came and participated in the parade, uh, those who marched and took the route. And, and of course, uh, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, Minister Moore and uh, his crew who assembled all the instruments and then put them back. You know, that drum is a little bit different because you have to take everything apart and put it back. And, and uh, of course, the keyboard and the and the amplifier, but they had all that out there yesterday, and uh, uh, the saints enjoyed. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Now, uh, I rose to put up Elder Sister Scott. I don't have to introduce him. I'm just letting you know I wasn't <laughs> preaching this morning. <laughs> and it's customary that somebody puts you up. Yeah. And you just right. don't jump up. Yeah. Somebody put you up. And so I'm putting her up this morning. I'm going to ask that you receive her with a hearty amen. 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 Praise the Lord, saints. I do give honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the presence of our pastor, Elder Scudder, to Elder Warbington, Elder Reynolds, to Minister Mora, to the saints of the Most High God, to our prayer-blessed children, and to our friends. We truly praise and we magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Elder Scudder says, we haven't quite gotten to our theme for 2023-24, but amen. We are going to close out with our theme for this present year, amen? And we're going to look at Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Verses 1 and 2. And it says, Wherefore, seeing, we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we're going to look at those same two passages of scripture in the Living Bible. And it says, like it says, wherefore we... we Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. The Living Bible says, since we have such a great or a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstand, and we're talking about that 11th chapter of Hebrews where it tells us all about the, you know, those that went through the different tribulations and how Jesus brought them out. So it says, since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands. It says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that Jesus has set before us. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, our leader and instructor. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy 
He knew he would be, that would be his afterwards. And now he sits in the place of honor, the throne of God. Amen. So our thing today is looking to Jesus, or look to Jesus and live. When we talk about the word look, you have many, many definitions in the dictionary about the word look. And I'm going to really look at really about one in particular, but I'll give you one more where it says, you're turning one's eyes towards something or in some direction in order to see. This is what look means. It says, and the definition I'm gonna be concentrating on today is to use one's sight or vision in seeking. To use one's sight or vision in seeking. Okay, to live we know means to have life as an organism, okay? It means to be capable of vital functions. You know, I'm breathing, I'm talking, I'm hearing, okay? So this is to live. We're gonna concentrate on the definition that says to escape destruction. Live means to dis escape destruction. So we're going to use our sight or our vision, look, Use our sight to, or our vision to seek life, to escape destruction. And, and you think about that, um, you know, like you are seeking something, you know, and, and you hear me talking to you now, you understand what I'm saying to you. You see this physical body up here that's moving itself and, you know, I'm hearing you, you can hear me, okay? That's, we think of that being life, okay? But we have to have the understanding that that is not really life. You know, I mean, you, you know, this physical thing, yes, I'm here for a reason physically. But the real me, the part of me that's inside, that's going to, when this breath of life is taken from me, I'm going to step into eternity. And I have two places I can spend eternity. I'm either going to spend it with Jesus Christ or I'm going to spend it in hell's fire. There is no middle ground or there is no place for you to go for somebody to light a candle or buy a bench or buy a window and pray your soul out of hell. You're either going to do it on this side of the grave or you're going to spend eternity in hell. And the choice is yours. Amen? It says... We think about this thing in our lives. My husband always refers to it like the refrigerator. You know, you say, boy, I want something to eat. And I know yesterday, <laughs> I kept going to the refrigerator. Well, I wasn't so much going to the refrigerator, but I couldn't figure out what it was I wanted to eat. Right. You know, I had a sandwich, but uh -huh. that didn't satisfy me. Uh -uh. And then I went and got something else, and that didn't satisfy me. You know, there was this void down yeah. there. I couldn't get it filled. And, you know, I just kept nibbling at this, and I kept nibbling at that and this. But I couldn't get, I wasn't satisfied. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that's the thing, this void that's within me is in, con is in a constant mode of seeking to fulfill some desire. And that desire is life. You know, I, th I thought if I went to college, and I got a degree, I would be satisfied. I thought if I had a husband, and I had some children, and I had a house, I thought I'd be satisfied. But still, that did not do it. You know, I was, all, I'm, I'm all, I was always seeking for something else. You know, I, we, 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 we take the thing of the food because that's something we can all relate to. But you think about the things of life where you, you got this. And then you say, wow, it's, it's still not enough. And you go, go this place, and it's still not enough. And, and you got this here, and it's still not enough. It's, it's because of that void that's down there within you. And this morning, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes. Because we're going to look at Solomon, and we're going to look at David. And we're going to get some understanding about you. I'm going to get some understanding about me. 
about this no good thing that's within me. So we're going to look at Ecclesiastes, the first chapter, okay? And this is Solomon speaking here. And Solomon says in that verse, chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. The 17th verse says, And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. And you know, when something vexes you, it gets on your last nerve. It makes, you know, you're just sick of it. So he said that this wisdom to know madness and folly, I perceived or I understood, I came to an understanding that this is also vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief, and that increaseth knowledge increases sorrow. I said in my heart, go to now, and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. And I want you to think about what vanity is. Now, when you hear the word vanity in scripture, if you have a Schofield at the bottom of it, it explains to you what vanity is. It says, in Ecclesiastes and usually in scripture, vanity means not foolish pride. You know, it's not a thing about I'm, I'm so proud. It says, but it's the emptiness. In final results of all life apart from Jesus Christ. It is to be born. It's to toil means to work, to suffer, to experience some transitory joy, joy that goes in and out. It's nothing permanent, it goes in and out, which is nothing in view of eternity. To leave it all, because you're going to leave everything that you acquire in this earth here. You're going to leave it and die. You're going to leave all of this stuff here. And where you spend eternity is going to determine, is going to be determined by what you do with the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Solomon said right here, he says, I said of laughter in verse 2 and verse, well, verse 2 and 1 said, I said in my heart, go to now and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the particular treasures of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. And so I was great, and increased with more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, 
I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. You think about Solomon said in Proverbs 27 and 20, he said, hell and destruction are never full, and the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Hallelujah. In uh, some of the readings that I was doing, it says, Hades, the world of death and destruction. Death, the destroying power, have been at all times and in all countries thought of as all-devouring, insatiable, yet one thing is equal. So the lust of the eye, the restless craving which grows with us, it feeds on. That restless craving that we have, it feeds on death. It says the eyes of a man are never satisfied, as the grave can never be filled up with bodies, nor perdition, meaning hell, with souls. It says so the restless desire, the lust of power, the lust of riches, and splendor is never satisfied. I don't care how much you ever acquire in this life, you're never gonna be satisfied. And it's because of that void that Adam created for you. He created that void for me. So I gotta look to Jesus. I gotta keep my sight on Jesus, seeking Jesus, hallelujah, to escape destruction, to escape death. It says, out of this ever unsatisfied desire brings all the changing fashions, the varied amusements. You think about the things we do to bring pleasure to ourselves. The clothes that we put on, the hairdos that we do. Think of all of those things. Out of this ever unsatisfied desire, springs all the changing fashions, the varied amusements, and the endless modes of getting money prevalent in every age and in every country. There is nothing new under the sun. You're never gonna be satisfied apart from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, it says, <coughs> Well, why do I experience, and people may, may not really understand, why do I experience this emptiness, this inability to be satisfied, to be fulfilled? Why do I experience this? All of the things that, you know, the Lord allows me to have, there's still this thing in me where I'm still empty and I'm still unfulfilled, I'm not satisfied. Why? And when we think about Adam, and I, we talked about Adam, you know, transgression. The Lord said, Out of, he formed man of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. Okay? And he says, out of the ground, God, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and it was good for food. The tree of life also was in the midst of that garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord Jesus Christ, after he had spoke everything into existence, he said it was all good. That's all Adam and Eve knew was the good. Yeah. Hallelujah. But yet though they, there was something in them that wanted to know the evil. Because he gave them a law, he said, of every tree in this garden, yeah. We don't know how big that garden was, but everything in it was good. Yeah. And he gave him a law. He gave him a precept. 
He gave him a command. He said, of every tree of the garden, you can freely eat of it. He said, but of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you're going to surely die. So he gave him a law, and he gave him the consequence if he broke the law. You know, a lot of times, you may not, like you, you were saying today about you knew 80, it was, you know, something that, that was going to give you reckless drive. Okay, you knew that law. So you tried to keep it up under 80. Okay. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ gave them a law. He gives us a law to tell us you got to be born again. You got to be born again because of the state that Adam got you into. Okay, no, you had nothing to do with how you, were, you came into this world. Some of us came in here skinny. Some of us came in here tall. Some of us came in here fat. Some came black. Some came white. Some came brown. Whatever way you came, you came. But you came a sinner. And you came a sinner because of Adam's transgression. So you got to keep looking. You got to keep your sight, your vision, seeking life. Hallelujah, your vision on escape and destruction. When Adam died in that garden, he didn't die a physical death. His soul, that, that real part of him, that inner part of him that understands that, that when I hear the word of the Lord Jesus Christ telling me, I've got to be born again. You know, I understand that. I understand, you understand the void that's in your life. I don't care who you are, where you come from, how much you have, you still understand that void that's in your life. You understand that thing that's in your life that cannot be satisfied regardless of what you do, what you have, you understand, where you go. You, 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 there's something within you. I'm just telling you what it is. It's the void. It's your lack of Jesus. It's your lack of life. It's your lack of escape and destruction. That's what the void is. Look to Jesus. Keep your vision on Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says right here, you know, we're going to look, you know, like Adam, you know, Adam and Eve, like I said, all of those trees were there. The tree of life was there and all the other trees. But because somebody says, don't do that. You go and do it. They say, Jesus is life. These are written. The word of the Lord Jesus Christ is written. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. The son of God. Meaning that he is God. And believing you might have life through his name. You hear this from the time you come into the world, some of you. My children heard it. Samantha heard it from the time she came in the world. That life is in the name of Jesus. Okay, we heard it. I mean, you heard it. I didn't hear it until I was 31 years old, but I heard it. I don't care who you are, you hear it. Life is in the name of Jesus. Okay, so if I decide that, you know, that this is not something I want, I mean, why, why would you want somebody that don't want you? You understand what I mean? Why would you want Jesus? Why would he want you if you don't want him? That doesn't make sense, does it? We all been in love, right? So we know, you know, you know what kinds of things you do. You know, when you're in love with somebody, you, you go all out. Because you want to prove to them that I love you. Hallelujah. So I'm, you do what they say do. Right? Yes, you know, you buy flowers, you do all the good stuff. Amen. You know, my husband loves me, so he does all the good stuff for me. I thank right. you. Thank you, Jesus. Right. I thank the Lord Jesus. You understand? I understand. Love is what love does. You understand? I get up in the morning. Yes, I cook breakfast. Yep, I do, because I love him. I want to make him happy. Thank you, Jesus. I want to make Jesus happy. So I do what Jesus says do. Yeah, hallelujah. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You said come, you come. Right. You don't just say, you know, oh, this, that, and the other. No. You understand what I'm saying? you got to do what Jesus says do, right? Amen. Adam, you know, Eve was at that tree. Number one, she ain't had no business being there because she was told not to go, right? So, but she went. She saw that the tree was good for food, was pleasant to the eye, a tree desired to make one wise. 
And that, that thing of pride of life, I don't want you to know my weaknesses. You know, I don't want you to know what things I can't and can do. So she took of that fruit, she gave to her husband, he ate it. The eyes of them both were open. Spiritual death, Genesis 3 and 7. Read it for yourself. That's what Bishop used to always tell us. This is not something that I'm making up. This is in the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, or else you deceive your own self. Nobody can, you can't go to hell for me and I can't go for you. You got to make up in your mind that you want to do what Jesus says do. So we say right here, spiritual death came to them. They are the parents of the human race. So everybody that came out of the wound after them is born in a state or condition of sin. The word of the Lord Jesus Christ says, David says, behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He says, the wicked, when I came out of my mother's womb, he says, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. You don't have to teach babies how to lie. I don't have to teach you how to lie. The lie is in you. It's in you, boys. Back there, um, uh, I told you, back there, Steve and them. Okay, Steve, move, move, baby, move. Okay, come on, yeah, amen. Just get up. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we don't have to teach you how to lie. I don't have to teach you how to be disobedient, right? It's in you. I love them. Those are my boys back there. They are, but they, they do what teenagers do. So that's why you have to separate them. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> King David. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Let's talk about King David. Now, King David, it says in that second chapter, second Samuel, in that 11th chapter, and I, I, Solomon and David have been on my mind for, because I have to keep looking at <laughs> Willie Scudder. Okay, it says right here in 11 and 2, it says, and it came to pass in the even, evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. You know how you look, like we were talking this morning in um, the doctoral class, how you know some things, I'm tempted by things that appeal to my self. You know, things that, you know, like, you may like chocolate, and I may not like chocolate. Yeah. And when I go down the grocery store line, you know, you see all these chocolate bars and candy bars up there. You know, they don't bother me, because I'm not that thrilled about chocolate. Yeah. But for some people, they're really thrilled about chocolate. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So that's their desire, whatever your desire is. Yeah. And here David is, and we're going to see later on, how the many concubines and, and wives that he and Solomon had. You know, but that didn't satisfy. He saw this woman, and she was very beautiful to look at. See, some people, she might not have been that beautiful to look at, but to him, she was. So in three, it says, and David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, is, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. And she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived. She got pregnant while she was laying with David. And sent and told David, and said, I am with child. And David said to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And I'm not going to read all of this. But, you know, David kept trying to cover up sin. Just like in the garden, remember Adam and Eve, after they had eaten of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what did they do? They sewed those fig leaves together to try to hide their wrong. Okay? David sent for Uriah. And he wanted Uriah to come, and he said, now go to your house. And lay with, in other words, go lay with your wife. So nobody will know that. I'm the one that got your wife pregnant. You know, that's what, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to cover up sin. Right. Okay? And it got so bad with him covering it up 
when Uriah, because Uriah was, was obedient and he wanted to be obedient to his leader, he, he would sit at David's door like with the rest of the servants who were in that uh, fighting for, for that army. He wouldn't go into his wife. And regardless, and David did it twice that the scripture talks about how he just tried to get Uriah. He even got him drunk and told him, said, go and, and, and go to your house. I mean, go lay with your wife. Uriah wouldn't do it. Hallelujah, your sins are going to find you out. Regardless of how you try to do it, cover it up, they're going to find you out. Amen. Hallelujah. So what happened with David is the Lord sent Nathan. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when I'm wrong, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the Nathans that come in my life and let me know. Hallelujah. That that's, I'm, I'm, something I've done is against the Lord Jesus Christ. I got to get it right. I come here not right. So when the Nathans come, I'm the Nathan today to tell you you got to be born again. All right, so David, Nathan came to David and he told David this story. Okay, and, and I like that part in the scripture where it says, this is how David really tried. You know, that thing when sin is progressive, that's like we were saying today, it's progressive. You know, he couldn't get Uriah to go and lay with his wife. So what he did, he sent Uriah to the front of the battle yes. where the, he knew that he was going to be killed. And he told the men, Joab and the rest of his soldiers, he said, draw back and put him out there on that front line. Sin is progressive. It does not stay at one level. You're wrong. You're going. It's going to keep on. It's going to keep piling. Yes. till it absorbs the entire lump. Yes, yes. A little leaven. Hallelujah, leaven is the whole lump. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. So Nathan went to David and told him, said, said, I'm telling you about a rich man and a poor man. And said, this rich man, a stranger came, or somebody he knew came to, you know, have dinner with him. And this poor man had one little lamb. And he loved that lamb. He kept it to his breast. He loved that lamb. And that rich man had many lambs and cats. He said, but, you know, this, the rich man took the poor man's little lamb, and he killed it for the dinner of his guests. Now, he didn't have to do that. All the lambs he had. And, and, and David said, oh, this man needs to be put to death. This was his conclusion. He needs to be put to death because he's wrong. And Nathan told him, says, you are the man. You're it. Hallelujah, you're it. So when I find out I'm it, the thing that I need to do like David did, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. What can I do to get it right? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Look to Jesus and live. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, and because of the thing that a lot of times we'll think, you know, because I have all of this stuff, and yes, the Lord has blessed you. I'm not going to say he didn't. Because I think about Revelation. And Revelations, that third chapter, and this is that church of Laodicea. And some of us got a Laodicea spirit. Amen. It says, I know your works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. You know, you sit up in here and you say, hey, I'm all right. Well, you keep right on thinking that. You keep right on thinking that hell will be your home. It says, I would thou were cold or hot. This is what Jesus said. Be one or the other. You know, you either not going to serve me or you're going to serve me. Don't put on a front for somebody else. That's right, that's right. Don't do it for somebody else. The word says, save yourself. It says, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And Ray did this for me once. We had a little lesson one time. And, he, and I had the picture on my thing where he just 
spit something out of his mouth, some water. He held the water in his mouth and he spit it out. The spew it out, that's, that's how disgusting it was. Because yes. it was lukewarm. Yes. It wasn't hot and it wasn't cold. And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, because thou sayest, and see this is, this is what we say a lot of times. You know, you think you got all this stuff, you think you got it going on. No, you do not. Because thou sayest, I am rich and I'm increased with goods. I got a good job. I got a house. I got this, that, and the other. It says, because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is what the scripture says about us. Apart from Jesus Christ, you are wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. Hallelujah, Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who can fill that void in your life. He's the only one. The, the scripture says, not to neglect the assembling of yourself together. When, as the manner of some is. Okay? I need to be here. You understand? I don't need to be somewhere sleeping. You understand what I'm saying? You sleep on your own time. You understand? You, when service time goes, it's service time. You understand? It's service time. And you ought to be in service. Make your schedule. You understand? A lot of times we can make our schedules. We do our schedules. Sometimes we can't. And I know I remember when my husband was working. Yes. He, but his desire was to be here. Yes. Hallelujah! The desire he had was to be here. And for a while, yes, he, we had to suffer through. He would go to yes. work at 3 o'clock in the evening and come home 11 to 12 o'clock at yes. night. Amen. But noonday prayer was here. Thank you, Jesus. So he was right here in noonday prayer. Right. Sunday morning, he might have been just getting in 5 o'clock in the morning. But he was right in here on Sunday morning, sitting right there in the chair. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have the examples. Yeah. We thank the Lord. I thank, think, think about Mother Johnson. You know Linda has a fit. She gives Linda a fit if she can't get in service. <laughs> yes, she does. And she's our example. Because yeah. this is what we need. We need to be here. Yeah. Hallelujah. 95 years old. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He's put it here for us. He's put it here for me, for me to understand. I've got to be in service. He's put it here for me to understand. I've got to call Jesus. Regardless of what's going on in her life, right? She sits right there on that bench right there. She said, call Jesus. Call Jesus. Call Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what it's going to take. You got to call Jesus. The word says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. People, do you understand? The elder went through that, the fourth chapter of Acts today. Read it for yourself. How those, those, those Pharisees and those Sadducees did not want Peter and John and those apostles to preach the name of Jesus. Yes, that's true. They said, don't you? They threatened them. Yes. And in one chapter, they beat them. Because they, they, they knew the power yes. that's in the name of Jesus. Yes. You know, and you hear, you hear people saying, God, God, God. It kind of scares me. when I, You know, my ears say, whoo, what's the matter? Don't you understand that the devil doesn't want you to call the name of Jesus? He, he doesn't care about you talking about Jesus' title, that he's God. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about your, your, your body, because he knows your body is going back to the dust from whence it was formed. What he's after is your faith. He's after your faith and my faith. For me to doubt what I know Jesus is able to do. That's what he's after. He's after my faith. He's after my, my doubting what I know Jesus is able to do. He says, I gotta be born again. I don't care who you are. We can't, we, I can't fix it up for my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my son. I can't fix it up for nobody. Jesus said, I have to be born again. You have to be born again. He says of the water and of the spirit. He didn't make any of us in here robots. You understand what I'm saying? I had, oh, Jesus did it for me. He saved all four of my children. 
I have one that is yet saved and sanctified. Yes. I have two that are yet in the land of the living. Yes. I'm praying for them daily. I have one that is in hell's fire because of the fact that he decided that this was not what he wanted to do. And the choice is up to you. You know, but why go to hell in a straitjacket? I remember Mother Jeffries used to say that to us all the time. Why go to hell in a straitjacket? If you're not going to do it the way Jesus says do, go on out, say, like Sister Johnson, the teacher told us, said, turn your hat backwards and say, here goes nothing. <laughs> Boogie on out the door. Turn your hat backwards and say, here goes nothing. Because of Adam's disobedience, because of Adam's transgression, all of us are born in a state or condition of sin. We all have this void in our lives, this insatiable thing that's down there regardless of what. And always think about that thing, the refrigerator. I don't know what I want to eat. Only way you can be satisfied is in Jesus Christ. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ you, for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins. The name of Jesus Christ represents his blood. You have to call the name of Jesus in order to receive the yes, precious yes. gift of the... You can tell me all day long, say, well, I call Jesus at home. I call Jesus at home. Yeah, you better do that. But when service time comes, you better be in here calling Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? I, and, and it's not that I'm saying Jesus said not to neglect the assembling of yourself together as a matter. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Amen. He says, call unto me. This is what Jesus says, call unto me, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Yes. It says, the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. If you want some help, it says, our help is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who made the heavens and the earth. It says there's nothing too hard for Jesus. Hallelujah. He says he made the heavens and the earth by his great power and he stretched out arms. There's nothing too hard for him. Sarah laughed. She laughed when she was 90 years old and he told her she was going to have a baby. Ooh, yep. Ooh. You know, Abraham. Yeah, you know, they, they kind of laughed at the thing. He laughed, you know, he, okay. She laughed. But the Lord told us, says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Lord is there anything too hard for Jesus? Jesus? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll do what I say do. You'll do what I say. Not what Sister Scudder says, or Elder Scudder, or when Bishop Johnson was there. Not what Bishop Johnson would say. Not what Mother What Jesus says. You've got to be born again. Go, and we're not, and a lot of times people say, well, they think they're the only place where you can be saved. No, we didn't say that. You've never heard us say that. Just, just remember, go someplace where they're baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Go someplace where they, if they don't have an altar, that they got some chairs where you on your knees and you're going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And somebody there, hallelujah, Jesus, needs to know when the Holy Ghost comes in. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody needs to know that. If they ain't doing that, somebody say, just believe, child, you're going to hell. I'm telling you. You got to do what Jesus says do. You got to call Jesus. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Philippians says, God hath highly exalted him. He's highly exalted himself. And he's given himself a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It's he that has made us and not we ourselves. Amen, saints. Look to Jesus and live. Yes. Use your vision. That means really your mind. Use your mind. Keep calling Jesus till your mind gets the message. The message that you want to escape destruction. Don't, you know, don't, don't play around with this thing and say, oh, well, I don't think all that's necessary. Well, I mean, Jesus 
died for the church. He is the one to tell us how to be in the church. So you want to do it? There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Hallelujah. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Death being eternal separation from the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in hell's fire and you're in conscious suffering. Read that 16th chapter of St. Of Luke. Where that rich man, he did not, you can look, look for it, he didn't ask to get out of hell. He did not ask to get out. Only thing he he says, can you send somebody? I got five brethren mm -hmm. that they don't want to come to this place of torment. I got five brethren that I don't want to come to this place of torment. And then the Lord said, told him, said, but it's that same disobedience. It's, it's amazing to me. When you read that 16th chapter, he said, the Lord says, if they won't believe the prophets, though they're not going to believe, though I send somebody from the dead. He said, nay, Father Abraham, that same disobedient spirit that he had here in this world, he took it right to hell with him. Nay, Father Abraham, if one went from the dead, they would, well, who asked you? I'm telling you what you got to do. So we just thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Saints, friends, look to Jesus. Keep your vision. Keep your mindset. Keep it seeking Jesus to escape destruction. Satan means to kill, to steal, and to destroy your soul. He's not worried about your body because that's going back to the dust from whence it was formed. But your soul is what's at stake here today. The void that's there is because your soul is dead and you need to be alive. So we're going to ask Minister Moore, amen, Jesus, <laughs> if he will give us a selection. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and live. Put your vision on Jesus.